some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton. Thanks to all the best for another really beautiful show. Um, to hear more radio documentaries, head to fbiradio.com, click on the Programs tab, and then click on All the Best. We have a huge show for you today. It has everything, Kardashians, revenge porn, music festivals without men. Can it be done? Should it be done? Let's find out. Um, we're going to chat about Kesha's new song and Katie is going to critically analyse the video clip. Uh, we're also going to give you our weekly run through of the news from uh, and popular culture from a feminist perspective on the segment we like to call Go Home, Everything is Terrible. Let us know if you have any good or bad news from a feminist perspective on 0409 945-945. Yeah, text us. We want to hear what's been happening throughout your week. That number was 0409-945-945. First up, though, you might remember that last week we talked about Arts Not Parts and the amazing work being done in New York by activist, artist and musician Gray Jones from Gray Area HQ. We got in touch with Gray via Instagram to chat about Arts Not Parts, which is a collaborative initiative with her best friend from Gen Z run studio, Irregular Labs. Let's hear from Gray herself, um, because I think she can explain it a lot better than we can. Hi, Sydney. My name is Gray, and I'm the co-founder and creator of Arts Not Parts, co-founded and created with Irregular Labs, who deserve all praise all the time, because without them, there would be none of this. Um, to tell you a little bit about Arts Not Parts, it is a creative call to action in solidarity with trans and gender fluid youth. Basically, we got over 45 artists, musicians, organizations, etc. to design posters intended to be printed out and slapped on the most badass restroom you can find. People have hit Old Navies, people have hit Chick-fil-A's, and just recently, as a solo act, I, I hit Trump Towers, which was very exciting and nerve-wracking. It like touched, touched that special part of my heart just to do that one and have that as like a personal victory. This started off as a very small idea of mine. It was my initial reaction to the Trump administration's decision to um, roll back protections for transgender students. Reading the articles and seeing the social media response immediately reminded me of Jim Crow laws. And obviously that put a very bitter taste in my mouth because I am a queer person of color. The fact that we were going so backwards in a very advanced and spiritually awakened time made me very sad, but more so inspired to do something about it. And the background I come from is very um, activist, vigilante types. So I wasn't going to be the one to be like, let's go back to the same people who made this decision in the first place. Instead, I, uh, I believe in people. I believe that people can change things. So um, I came up with the idea for the posters inspired by Jim Crow signs, but the opposite, of course. And I did a small little local event, which was a little flash in the pan, but one of my best friends, she is the founder of Regular Lab. She wrangled all these artists. She's worked her behind off making sure that the world knows about it. And that's how it's become what you know of it, Arts Not Parts. This 
all came from a little bit of bittersweetness. I was more focused on my bitter feelings of how this made me feel and my reaction to it. And then her perspective into the whole entire situation and my idea for a solution brought this lightness and this beauty to it. And I hope that is what people get out of Arts Not Parts. That was the incredible Gray Jones, who co-founded Arts Not Parts with the Regular Labs. The project, which involves artists such as Sia and Peaches, uses art to protest against the bathroom bills in America that prevent transgender and non-binary youth from using their bathroom of choice in schools. As well as being an incredible activist, Gray's also a musician, and we're going to take a listen now to one of Gray's new tracks um, before hearing from this from about the bathroom bills, as well as navigating gender identity in an online space. Uh, She was very cool enough to give us an exclusive access to her unreleased EP called Clown in Residence. Um, This is our favourite track, Boy Online, which is very relevant to my teenage years. Um, I think very relevant to my (laughs) current years. Um, (laughs) This is Grey with Boy Online.
That was Grey Jones with Boy Online from her unreleased EP, Clown in Residence. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, where we're, we've been hearing from Arts Not Parts co-founder Grey. We, to give a little bit of context to this uh, next part that Grey has uh, been talking to us about, um, for young people and particularly people of colour, navigating your identity online can be a little bit difficult. Um, but what if you're also figuring out your gender identity? We had a chat from Grey about what it means to be visible as a queer person of colour online and how to handle the emotional labour that comes along with that. And in the uh, second part of what Grey has been chatting to us about, what you're about to hear, she's talking about uh, what kind of inspired her to create Arts Not Parts and the um, bathroom bills that the project started from. I feel lucky enough to not have to navigate talking about my gender identity online mostly because I only surround myself with people who support who I am. And I feel like that's the best way to live. You shouldn't have to navigate online who you are or what you identify as or your sexuality or anything like that. You get to block and follow and decide who is allowed into the very essence of who you are. Even if you can't do that in real life, it's something, it's something that keeps you going. I guess the best way for me to handle emotional labor online is to treat my account as if it is myself, which I feel like many people separate. I find it much easier just to be very honest with who I am and how I am. So sometimes I'm logged in, sometimes I'm logged out, sometimes I post, sometimes I don't. I follow a very small amount of people. And most of those people are people that I know. I don't follow anyone I envy or am jealous of. Most of the times it's very positive and good-natured people on my feed and in my life, which is great because I wouldn't have it any other way. And I think people should get down to the root of who you are as a person virtually and um, in real life, you know what I mean? You're cyber you and you're real you. Bathroom bills have become a phenomena in America recently. I can't tell you exactly where it started and where it came from, but like most things in history similar to this, I'd assume that it had something to do with ignorance, people not knowing and not learning and evolving. We are witnessing a reversal in our mental, spiritual, and emotional growth, which is terrible. It should not be tolerated. It's 2017, and we've had enough time to learn from our mistakes. These bathroom bills go even further than just lifting protections of people using certain restrooms. It goes to a much deeper and unfortunately sadder issue, which is that they're perpetuating this idea that transgender people or non-heteronormative people should not be allowed in public spaces. I personally am not going to abide by that type of ideology. That's the whole point of Arts Not Parts. You're supposed to think for yourselves and think about how you would want to treat another human being. You're on FBI Radio listening to the words of Grey Jones, the teenage co-founder of Arts Not Parts, the art project that started as a response to the discrimination Um, experienced by transgender and non-binary people in the US. And you can find out more about the project at artsnotparts.com. That's where we printed out off our poster for the FBI radio bathrooms. 
Um, and Mari will pop up a link so that you can print off your own one for your workplace or school. You can pop it up at your local Hillsong if you like. <laughs> but yeah, I just can't believe that um, she is a teenager and I just took so much away from that. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah the whole really project. Good way of thinking of your, but even just thinking about um, the way that you treat your Instagram and your social media and like surrounding yourself. It's like how you should live your life, surrounding yourself with people who make you feel good and like support you and yeah, not people that you feel jealous of. I think that's such a good way to think about it. I just love how she's so in tune with so many like huge issues that can be really overwhelming and depressing and she is taking that and putting this kind of really beautiful community focus on it and bringing people together. And she got some really incredible artists to contribute to the project alongside Irregular Labs. And that speaking of that relationship as well, like her, mm. when she says that she was um, experiencing a lot of negativity and um, her friend kind of was like, okay, how can we turn this around and turn this into a project that will unite people? And even watching the video, I would encourage everyone to watch the video where she um, goes into the Trump Tower bathrooms yes, and it. she's like live streaming herself and she goes into the Trump Tower bathrooms by pretending that um, her boss left a bracelet in the toilet and then she kind of goes in and pretends she's looking for it and she puts this poster up and gets out of there and there's a huge police presence and it is really, you can it's almost like you're in the taxi with her and you can feel like her heart beating really fast and this like really incredible rush of doing something that is yeah quite a beautiful way of approaching something that could be quite um stifling or could be really overwhelming I guess yeah particularly if it's an issue that's made you you know really upset and felt alienated it's so nice when people are able to transform that into something really positive and that's exactly what they've done um yeah, and yeah it's really exciting wonderful so project big shout out to Gray thank you so much for sending us so many incredible things to play on agenda on FBI radio today and such a banger as well really uh, cool such chat. a banger great EP thanks for giving us exclusive access to that we'll catch you up on uh, news from a feminist perspective uh, very soon but first I'm going to play you the brand new single from psych pop Brisbane band called Nice Biscuit this one is Boogie Board Muckabout
Nice Biscuit just there with their brand new single, Boogie Board Muck Around. If you liked that one, you can catch them playing tonight at Brighton Up Bar on their first East Coast tour, joined by Clea and Carl Christoph. We'll pop a link up to that one online. Head to fbiradio.com, click on Programs, and then click on Agenda. I think it's time for everyone's favourite uh, Izzy weekly special on the uh, Kardashian updates. Izzy, take it away. Thanks, Katie. (laughs) Around late morning on Wednesday, West Coast time, Rob Kardashian, brother of Kim Kardashian, started posting pictures of and messages about fiancé Black China on his Instagram account, and his post included what he claimed were nude photos of his former partner, apparently posted without her consent. Uh, So Instagram shut down his account pretty quickly, but obviously it's the internet. Everyone started screen... um, Screen capping it? Is that what it's called? Screenshotting? Screenshotting. Screen capping, Um, sure. Uh, so then he switched to ch- to Twitter once that was shut down, where he continued an incredibly offensive and potentially illegal tirade. So he's broken the law. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Katie. Um, <laughs> California, where Rob and China live, has revenge porn laws on uh, on the books that could actually subject Rob to six months of jail time. There are so many articles that are coming up um, that say that she liked one of the photos. Do you think that that will hurt her case? Well, if the photos were posted without her consent, then liking them absolutely does not diminish the fact that he violated her sexual privacy and has um, opened himself up to punishment in civil and or criminal courts. So um, I was talking to a psychologist about this last night and I she was saying that if you like something on Instagram or on Facebook or just social media, it doesn't necessarily mean that you condone it it could be a, like a cry for help or to show someone that you have seen it so it, like, it you could know mean what a doing. lot of different things yeah so it doesn't necessarily there aren't a lot of options in those mediums so liking something doesn't under the law I don't think that it does but our producer um, Mari was saying that there was a case in I think it was Sweden where someone was found guilty of um, defamation for liking a post about somebody else um, so I don't know. It's a little bit complicated. I guess it's still a new, um, a new kind of legal battlefield. But it doesn't diminish the fact that like what he, the, what Rob Kardashian did was like completely inappropriate and it was like abusive. Yeah, and people were really quick to blame her for liking the photo and for like actually taking the photo in the first place. And I think the rhetoric around victim blaming is unfortunately not very surprising to me. I mean, no. it's exactly the same kind of argument that people or the media actually uses in terms of um, abusive cases where they blame the woman for wearing provocative clothing or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's in that exact same vein. And this kind of reven- revenge porn happens all the time. And there are actually statistics that say that uh, some groups in Australia were more likely than others to report having been a victim. So one in two Indigenous Australians, one in two Australians with a disability and one in three lesbian, gay and bisexual Australians reported having suffered image-based abuse victimisation. Yeah, those statistics are really, really upsetting. And a recent survey found... Something I thought was interesting that both men and women were equally likely to report being a victim of image-based abuse. Um, So this kind of shows that um, this abuse is not exclusively a form of gender-based violence. However, gender does kind of impact upon um, the ways that people experience it. So, for example, the majority, 54% of um, reported victims, uh, 
reported that the perpetrator was male, 33% of perpetrators were female and 13% were either unknown or a mixed group of both male and female perpetrators. And so I think that shows that like it's quite a, complement, a complicated form of abuse because it can be a group of people and it can be, you know, somebody that you know, it could be completely anonymous. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the time it's completely anonymous, mm. right? Mm. Like mm. it's, yeah, something that... Um, has happened in I think there have been a lot of news articles over the last few years of this happening to like groups of school children as well or not children but high school students Um, it's yeah if you've actually just wanted to reiterate that if you have been affected by this story or if you would like to talk to someone um, you can call 1-800-RESPECT which provides a confidential and professional counselling and support service which is available 24 hours a day seven days a week so I guess that one would go in bad news, that yeah. uh, segment. So mm-hmm. this is the latest in good news. Do we have some good news? We got some good news. Okay. Um, LCD Sound Systems' Gavin, Gavin Russum has just come out as a trans woman. Uh, in a recent Pitchfork article, she talked about how after touring and recording with LCD Sound System last year, she took time off to focus on her own self-care um, and she found amazing support with New York's large and diverse community of trans women. And so if you want to read the um, Pitchfork article, it was also accompanied by um, a a photograph that you might have seen floating around the internet, which she says reflects how I feel comfortable expressing myself, feminine pronouns, and I'm using my old name. And she looks amazing. I think it's a really nice, nice news story for the week. Um, I have another good news story, which is not really a story, but more a um, video segment. Uh, <laughs> Polish First Lady Agata Kornhauser Duda swerves Trump's handshake in Warsaw. Amazing video content. I know this is an audio medium and not a visual <laughs> medium, but uh, we'll pop a link up to that. On but our if show you can page. imagine, it's just like amazing, like pink power suit lady, <laughs> just like completely swerving Trump and going to um, Ivanka. Yeah. Is that? yeah. Yeah. To shake her hand. Shake instead. her hand. And just like Trump's face being like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty good. I think that's good news for the week. Yeah. And in bad news, Sweden's biggest music festival, Bravala, uh, was cancelled for 2018 earlier this month after 27 sexual assaults were reported um, in 2017. It's also a very real problem in Australia, as we saw at Falls Festival last year. So that's really, really bad news. The good news, though, is that Swedish comedian Emma Kincare is organising a man-free music festival. Actually, I don't really know if that one's good news. It's news, It's news. It's um, not necessarily anyway. good, but I think it was. It's good that it was kind of born out of a Twitter joke, and it's been picked up um, by a lot of people. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just news um, that we, this kind of thing has. Sorry, to I just have to read a, um, a text that came through from Mel on the text line. It says, "I hope everyone starts listening to FBI Radio Station. My good news is that I love FBI Radio XX." Mel, cool. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so more good news, bad news. News. What do you have? News? No? Okay. Uh, earlier this week, Kesha released Praying, which is her first single in four years. In an essay published by Lenny Letter, uh, Kesha speaks about surviving feelings of severe hopelessness and depression uh, following her publicly documented personal and legal battle with her ex-producer, Dr. Luke. Yeah, so lots of Aussies working on this track, which is, I think, good news. Um, Antonia Gauci and um, all our exes live in Texas, which we love. So that was cool that they worked on that. I think that's good news. And the uh, the video clip can go in bad news. Yeah, it's not great. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go into it because uh, we are nearly out of time. But stick around for Back Chat up next. They're going to be talking about Chris Lilly and some more NADOC Week news. 
Next week, we'll be joined by Maddie and Lily Madden to talk about the Sydney Language Project. It's going to be a really interesting show, so I recommend tuning in. Um, we hope you enjoy the rest of your NADOT week. And I also recommend that you check out Spotify's Black Australia playlist that has um, just released for NADOC week. It's been curated by Emily Nickel, and um, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander media professional based in Sydney, and it's got some really good tracks on it so check it so out so good we'll post a link to that too and we're going to leave you with a track from the playlist this is curry woman by the incredible blues singer and activist marlene cummins you've been on agenda on fbi radio this song i'd like to dedicate to aboriginal women of this country aboriginal women throughout history Truganini. Mamshu, Hujuru Nunako, Ruth Cummins, Kate Elizabeth McCarthy. I sing this song. I sing it for my sisters, who I feel are the backbone of our struggle in this country, trying to keep it together.